And I didn't know if y'all got it, but I have my Play-Doh here too, if you want. But anyway, so what I thought was, how could I use, you know, what could I do in, in play therapy or whatever? And so I thought, well, I'm going to try to think of different ways that I could use Play-Doh. And then we actually were able to send a little basket or a little gift basket to all the kids that we work with. And they put, we put Play-Dohs and markers and stuff in that, so they'll have that. And so it's just like, get out your Play-Dohs, you know? So I, that was on a, some kind of training I saw. I thought, well, that was kind of neat. So I sat down and I was trying to write different ways and I thought, well, maybe I could get to 25 ways and maybe I'd be able to do a presentation. <laughs> so that's how this, <laughs> if y'all thought it was worthwhile. But anyway, the first one I came up with was mindfulness. You know, and definitely, you can see how it feels. You can see how it smells. You know, when you bend it, what different marks does it make? How does that make you feel? And if you make your own, and I'm not sure, this is one I bought, but if you make your own, it actually is in, and there's tons of them on the internet, you know, how to make Play-Doh, but a lot of them have put a couple drops of whatever kind of oil in there. So you can actually smell the lavender or the, you know, whatever. and. And so just mindfulness, you know, was the first one. Um, the second one I put at the end, like it could be a homework assignment. <laughs> Go and buy Play-Doh, that's their assignment. But also, if they're working with a family, you know, for the family, the parents and the child, hey, we're, you're gonna go make Play-Doh, so we'll have that for the next session. Or this is what I want you to do for homework. I want you all to make a scene, or I want you to work together to make you know, whatever, you know, as a play and they can do that at home and then explain to me, how did that go? You know, how was that working with your kids? And so it's kind of a homework to get everybody engaged and involved, you know, in that. Um, and, and it would be really cool, you know, if I could tell the, the child and, you know, and their mom or dad, hey, I need you to make this. Here's the recipe I need this by next week. You know, that's a really good activity for them to do. And so I thought that was cool. Um, the third one I put, just memories of Play-Doh. You know, and, and I know that might sound weird, but most of us have all played with this growing up. You know, and, and is there a happy memory? Is there a, something you've made with Play-Doh? Is there something, who were you with? You know, when, do you remember the first time you ever bought that? Or do you remember using Play-Doh in school? Because a lot of times they have the different stations. You know, and then that might, tie into, oh yeah, I remember school, and then, oh, I remember in school this happened, and this happened, you know, and so it could be a jumping off point to start, you know, bringing out some memories and some things that they might want to talk about, you know, and sometimes when we're triggered, a lot of times, you know, where's that trigger coming from? I don't know, <laughs> something in the past, and maybe somehow that could help, you know, and if not, you know, definitely, um, it's a way to, to start conversation and not be um, threatening. Play-Doh's not threatening. <laughs> I don't think so. So it would be a way to do that. And um, and if and I know in my office, I have a fidget basket. Do you all have? I have a fidget basket, which is, and the adults and the teens, everybody will pick them up and play with the spinner or play with this or whatever. And so I have Play-Doh in there. And a lot of them, they're like, Play-Doh, I remember that. And they'll say, just like now, I'm like, this poor Play-Doh is getting a workout because I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> it's helping. <laughs> so it helps that when people come in and they're stressed and whatever, they don't know what to expect. It helps them to stay calm. 
do that. So I thought that would be good. Um, it also, um, if you're manipulating it or you're trying to remember, it does use both sides of your brain too, you know, as you're talking because it's the feeling and the kinesthetic with the other memory. So it helps kind of get everything um, tied up there together. Um, let's see, what else? Okay, and during session, I better remember. <laughs> during sessions too, you can actually have the kids make something or the team make something, you know. Hey, what do you, let's make a flower. Let's make a dog, let's make this. And so when they make it, um, it increases their feelings of empowerment, mastery, competence, um, their creativity comes in that. Compliance, if you have a child that ain't going to do nothing you tell them to do, you know, <laughs> they're just sitting there and being resistant. Well, maybe they'll play with Play-Doh. You know, maybe they'll make something. So that helps build that interaction. Um, if you're, um, I have a little table in my office so that we can sit and, you know, play together or do whatever together. So if you're doing what they're doing, then you're already engaged. You know, you're building that relationship. That is stress management, which is what I've been doing. <laughs> so it does help. You know, it helps. Are you using your sad? I am just beating this. <laughs> it's all look like that, mate. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> and it does. And it's even something that they can carry, you know, home with them, you know, when they're home or when they're somewhere. You know, if, because some of those stress falls, you know, does it help everybody? I don't know. But this one, you really. It conforms and it can be different shapes and you can use different stuff. So I think it could help with that. And also, like I was saying, actually, even during the session, it will help with that. I put down as a number six as a fidget, you know, which I've already said, but um, it's neat. If you make your own, sometimes it's more of a um, liquidy. It's not quite as firm as this. And it's really neat to put it in a zippy bag, you know, that you can seal. And it, it like you can really squish it. You can draw letters in it. It's it's neat in the zippy bag. <laughs> it just kind of goes back and forth and everything. And and so that's something um, that they can do. Um, you can also pick colors if you have the different colors to represent different emotions. So if you you know if I have somebody who and some and this could work with anybody. It can work with adults. And I don't know if you found sometimes. And I don't want to lump things, but sometimes gentlemen have a hard time with telling their feelings or their emotions. And you know, that big guy might not want to play with Play-Doh, but <laughs> here we have, pick the color. You know, what are you feeling today? Huh? What, would, what would anger look like? What color would anger be? You know, what color would that be? And so that's kind of neat to do that. Um, and also, I don't know if you all drawn the little, um, it looks like a little gingerbread out, outline. And then you pick what color you think stands for different emotions, and you'll tell them color how much of that outline is anger, color how much is happy, color how much is sad. You know, so they can actually do that with Play-Doh, you know, and make the colors and put it together and make, you know, either put it on the outline. So I had somebody say they um, they did it on one of those clear sheet protectors, and they drew the outline and put the sheet protector on top of that so the Play-Doh would come off and they could reuse that, you know? And so, <clears throat> but what they do is like, yeah, um, anger is red uh, and I feel really angry. So, you know, they'll outline the head and maybe an arm and, you know, and kind of go like that. And it's also neat too, um, when we say, well, where do you feel anger in your body? You know, where do you feel that? It can actually put 
the red in that spot. You know, I feel anger here. Well, where do you feel when you feel happy? Well, I think it's here. And it's neat to actually see it because then they could say, no, I don't think so. I think it's more, you know, and then you move it around and you have that 3D and you can see it and it helps to kind of understand. So I like that one. Um, you can also, and some of these overlap, so I'm kind of cheating a little bit. <laughs> anyway, um, for number eight, you, know, you can also take your Play-Doh and you can say how angry are, you know, if somebody says they're angry, I'm not going to tell them, hey, you're angry. Here's because I want to use Play-Doh now, right? But anyway, whatever emotion you have, how intense is that emotion? How pinch off, how big is that feeling you're feeling today? And so they can go and they can pick, you know, they can say, well, boy, it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing today. And then you can say, well, pinch a little bit off. And what, what do you think we can do, you know, to get that to be that little bit smaller? You know, what kind of plans can we have? What kind of coping skills? you think would make it just be that little bit off there and so they can actually see it you know and so that's kind of cool and they can build it and it's neat to at the end of the session if they're this angry to start with at the end of the session how angry are you now oh gee i'm this much you know and then okay well what what do you think help what made the difference you know and, and i know we do that you scale you know on a scale of one to ten you know how angry are you how sad it's neat to do it it's similar. It's neat to do it because you can actually see it. And and you can get, instead of a one to ten, you know, you, this could be like a point that, you know, you, you get a little bit more leeway in in rating and scaling that. So I thought that would be neat. You can also, now on nine, you can also sculpt what an emotion looks like. Looks like. And I thought that was cool. And I, I've had kids draw. What does anger look like? You know, they'll draw a big monster or they'll draw something scary or they'll draw an animal. You know, it's like, what does it look like? And you can actually sculpt. What does happy look like? What does sad look like? You know, what does that look like? And, and like I said, it's not, everybody's not gonna wanna do that. It, it'll work for somebody, you know? And so that's that one. Um, also, you can, once you have your emotion, you can manipulate that emotion, you can smash that emotion. Um, if it's a problem, you know, somebody that, what's your stress, what's your stressor, stressor, what's your trigger? You know, oh, it's this, it's my Aunt Mary. Well, sculpt your Aunt Mary and then <laughs> we're going to take care of Aunt Mary. But, you know, it's just, what can we do? You know, there's Aunt Mary, you know, what would this feel like? And instead of, you know, and we always say, well, you can't actually do that, Aunt Mary. In what ways do you think we could set boundaries? We can set limits so that you're safe from that, you know, or whatever. And it's, you know, it's there. Or you can also talk to it, you know. And, and, and so it would be like the kind of empty chair technique, you know, and say, hey. And it actually looks like Aunt Mary that you personally made. You know, I mean, I don't know why I picked Aunt Mary. I don't even have it. <laughs> or whoever. Well, yeah, it's Aunt Mary. I think it just she sounded pretty safe. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, you can do that. And let's see. Oh, and then for little kids, and I don't know, if, you know, the older people will do that, but they love. I don't know if y'all work with kids just to roll it out, and they make cookies, and they make cakes, and they make different things. And there's actually the little cookie cutters, and then they share them with you. And you know, they'll say, "Oh." You know, and so it's, it helps build and show that nurturing trait in them. 
And in play therapy, that's one of the things we look at. You know, do they have that caring for other people? Is there a nurturing in them? Is there an empathy in them? You know, and so that helps to explore that when they do all that. But they like that. Um, also, um, when I said with emotions and Aunt we can sculpt what we're afraid of. And I'm using, I, like I said, some of these I'm really cheating and stretching it, but I'm on 12. <laughs> and anyway, you can sculpt what you're afraid of. You know, what are our fears? You know, if it's a spider or a snake or a wolf, you know, we can actually sculpt that fear and then use it for, and I always see if I say this word, systematic desensitization. <laughs> we can use it for, I always get like, would y'all do that? <laughs> but you can actually use it because they're making it and it's play though, you know, it's safe, you know, and so they can do that. And what, you know, and what can we do and how can we talk about that? And, that spider what part of that spider scary to you you know or you know whatever it is if it's you know if we've been abused or if we you know whatever sometimes that stuff is really locked in here and it's hard to get out so they might sculpt something you know a gun or a knife or a you know a bed or you know whatever they sculpt that you know and sometimes they don't even realize what they're making you know until it comes out and then they change it and then it helps to be able to dig into those memories sometimes to help with that. What are you doing, Sarah? Are you shooting? <laughs> Dad's got a gun. <laughs> okay. Then there's a, a game. You can play a game with it, and you could say, we're both going to make, you know, whatever. You let them pick, or you pick, or you can have them written on cards. So it's similar to Pictionary, kind of. You know, it's like, we're both going to make a gun. You know, well, you need a gun, or... And that's something too, if I'm working on, you know, if somebody's been through a trauma, if somebody's been through something that we're working on, we can make that. We can both make something that we can, you know, start kind of talking, you know, with that too. But it's also kind of a competition because it helps with um, laughter and fun. You know, when you make a dog, and they make a dog and you look at it and it's like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. Mm, I don't know. So it helps. Um, I have a certification in um, reality therapy, and one of their five, you know, basic needs is fun. He, you know, Dr. Glasser said we need fun every day because that feeds our soul and that feeds ourselves the same way as food feeds our body, you know. And so he was one of his things. So that's fun, you know. We need to have that. And some people have no idea, you know. They'll say fun. I know. I worked um, inpatient for a while in a in a hospital and, and that was one of our questions. What's fun for you? When was the last time you did something that's fun? And so many of the people just sat there and I don't know. <laughs> they they just don't because so much happens and if they're so depressed and so beaten down, there's no fun, you know, and so something like this is cool, you know, and so we and we've used it in the in the hospital, you know, over at for inpatient and and it was just what I said. And what should we make? And somebody will say, oh, let's make a dog. And everybody makes a dog. And, and you see, you know, here's our adults in the hospital making dogs. <laughs> but then they laugh and they carry on. And then it's one of them will say, hey, I, I want to talk about my dog. He's really a good support. Or, you know, and then they start talking and then it, it opens that up. And so it's, it's really cool to do that. And so I put with that. And you can, when you're charting, you can use tons of different reasons to justify why we're doing this. <laughs> That's got Molly, <laughs> woo, woo, <laughs> That's showing off. I don't know if y'all can see that. 
but um, it would be um, healthy competition and how they respond to that, social interaction, social engagement, emotion regulation, community or communication skills, um, memory enhancement. Like you can write all kinds of things to justify why am I using Plato in you know in therapy. Um, another thing is, and I went to a workshop and I thought it was the coolest thing. The, the person said you take it and you make a symbol that you think stands for yourself or something that's going to stand for you. He said the same as Superman has his little symbol and um, Batman has his little symbol or whatever. And so he said, and I don't know what different words to kind of use for that, but, but you actually, and he's like, he would draw it, but he said you could sculpt it. And so you just have them say, I want you to make something that you think stands for you or something that would be a symbol, you know, like that, if you were Batman or Superman. And it's so cool what people come up with, you know, what they come up with. And usually, you know, what it helps to see what are their priorities, you know, as you're looking at that. What are their priorities? What are important to them? What do they want the world to see? Because sometimes, you know, what we put out there is like, okay, this is what I want, how people, I want, this is my symbol, this is how I want people to see me, you know, and then, then we can kind of look at that, well, why, why do you think it's important for people to see you that way, or do you see yourself that way, you know, and, and so um, it's kind of cool, and then after they sculpt it, then you can have them look at it, sit back, and be a little, it helps them to be a little more objective, you know, what do you see in that, you know, what do you think somebody else would see in that, Oh, well, I don't know, you know, and, and then it's kind of cool. Usually they'll talk while they're doing it, you know, as they're sculpting. And so then you try, and I know I've made people nervous because you try to make notes on what they're saying. And <laughs> they're like, what are you writing here? But, but if you can kind of remember, a lot of times you can, you can gain a lot of information about their thought process, you know, or processes. How do they problem solve? How do they go about something? Are they very hesitant? You know, or are they just... Bro, you know, they're right in there. They know what, you know, did they put a lot of thought in it? You know, or is it just, well, here you go, I got it. You know, well, what does that stand for? Well, I don't know, you know, or is there anything? And then you can look, is there anything you want to change after we talk about it? Is there anything you want to change? And that's really cool to see how they change it, you know, after that, you know. And then it's like, and then you can say, too, they can make a different one. How do you feel? And how do you want the world, or how do you think the world sees you? You know, and they can make two different ones too. So that's that's one. Um, and then, um, oh, and then also, um, I thought that could help us explore too. When they make their symbol, you know, is that a strength you think, or is that a weakness? You know, or whatever, how they're talking and going, and how can we see a weakness as, you know, do you think a weakness is always a weakness? Can a weakness be a strength? Can that be a strength? You know, how can that be a strength, what you put? Or can a strength actually be a weakness? You know, and I know I work with, um, and you probably working with, you know, people with low self-esteem and low levels of confidence and um, people that are just beat themselves down all the time. You know, I'm worthless. I'm no good. I'm just the burden. You know, I know if you hear those a lot when you're working with somebody. And so it's neat to, to look at that because when they're talking like that, they're looking at a weakness. They're looking at, they're not seeing, they don't even see their strengths. They can't see them at all because they're just focusing on that weakness sometimes. And so it's neat when they do that. It's like, well, let's do a different one. You know, what strengths do you have? Or, or let's, let me look in that symbol. Well, I really see that as a strength. 
you know, because they might say, well, I'm a real people pleaser. I've heard that. How many times have you? I've heard it a million times. And they can't set their boundaries and limits, you know, and so, well, what do you think? Is there anything in being a people pleaser that could be a strength, you know? And so, yeah, well, the empathy, you know, you have to know what people want or how they're, you know, in order to please them, you know, so empathy, what do you think? Is that a weakness or strength? And, well, that's a good quality, you know, and so then we keep working so that eventually, I guess I'm not so bad after all. <laughs> and so, and there's their symbol to prove it, you know, hey, there I am, that stands for me. And some of them, you know, they can definitely take it home, they can draw it, and that could be something they could put on their um, bathroom mirror or whatever, you know, hey, that's me that helps them to remember and trigger and feel better about themselves. So that's something. Um, and I was gonna, I don't know if I should put it right now or later, but I know with the um, COVID, you know, with the coronavirus too, and um, you wanna think about hygiene, um, a lot of times, like I know at the hospital, we got those, you can get little, um, what I wanna say, they're like little favors or whatever that you can put in kids' birthday little bags and stuff. And it's Play-Doh, but they're the little, you know, they're, and they're real inexpensive. So you can get that and then the person just takes that home with them. You, you don't, we don't want to reuse that, you know, or if you want, you know, make sure they wash their hands and then, or wear, you know, gloves and then you can reuse it. But a lot of times it's like, you know, take that, you know, take that and when you're doing face to face, you know, that's going to be their Play-Doh, you know, or if you want to set it aside with um, a certain person's name on it, then they're going to use that Play-Doh every time that's just for them. But I didn't even think of that until I was at the hospital <laughs> Oh, you can do that, but you can't. Nobody else can reuse it. And I was like, okay, because that was way before the coronavirus. I just, I thought, well, I guess that's true. <laughs> Who knows what's on your hands? So that's something to keep in mind, you know, that there is a hygiene, especially now, to kind of consider with that. Um, I put um, number 15, I put is telehealth. You know, while we're doing telehealth, if the other person has Play-Doh and you have Play-Doh, you can both sculpt the same thing. You know, it, it really helps to stay engaged and interactive. You know, they can tell you to sculpt something. You can tell them to sculpt something. And then you can hold it up and share it, you know, or whatever. Or, And the same thing goes with the, um, you know, you can tell them if they don't have it, how much should I rip off? You know, how much anger do you feel? Do you feel this much anger? And they'll say, no, smaller. You know, do you feel this much anger? You know, and, and it just helps. It helps to stay engaged in telehealth. And like I said, I am having telehealth is, uh, <laughs> is kicking my whatever you want. I'm not having good, but I'm, I'm learning. It's a challenge. <laughs> so anyway, so that, it really did help with that. Um, a communication activity. And I thought this was neat. Um, I don't know if you've ever done, when you work with couples or whatever, I know I was at a workshop and they said to get Legos and you put like a file folder um, between you, you know, between the, the, the members of the couple, you kind of, I'm sorry, but you kind of set up, this is a book, you kind of set it up so one person is on one side and one, and they can't see what the other person's doing. And so I learned it, you know, they just take Legos and the one will make something and then the other person has identical set of Legos and they explain to the other person how to make what they just made, you know. And it's neat for them to learn communication isn't easy. <laughs> It is not, because they'll say, you know, well, take the big Lego and then put the little Lego on that. Well, one has the big Lego this way, one has it this way, one, you know, and, and so it's really neat when you 
drop the folders, like, <laughs> you know, and for them, and then to see, you know what, it's the same way with communication. I'm not always going to hear what you're saying, you know, and, and to help couples to say, well, this is what I heard, you know, what did you really say, you know, or I heard this, this is, and then to know to always stop and give each other that chance to go ahead and clarify what they meant. Because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I know with my husband, I'm off to the races and upset, and that isn't even what he meant. <laughs> if I would just, I would I teach that all the time to my couples, but do y'all use what you teach in therapy? Guilty. Uh, not always, but I try to. And so that's me to do that too. And uh, I know my, uh, I have a, another person, another therapist who worked at the hospital. One of her favorite groups to do with the inpatient persons was to, she'd bring bread and peanut butter and jelly and she'd say, tell me how to make a peanut butter sandwich, you know, and they would tell her and she would make it exactly the way they told her. Have you all ever seen that activity? That, you know, she, they'd say, put the peanut butter on the bread. Well, of course she has a loaf of bread in the bag and peanut butter. She just puts the peanut butter on the bread. <laughs> and they're like, no, no. But it takes forever for them to get the peanut butter sandwich the way you know they want it done. And so it just helps. It helps to understand how communication works and how we see something different than what other people mean. And so that's a good activity. And you can do that with couples. You can do that with anybody. And with the Play-Doh, it's just you can make something and say, this is what I want you to make. And then you kind of look and see if it's the same thing or you can have them both make a dog or both make a boat or both make something and then when you look at each other's it's like that's not the dog i made you know and that helps us also to see my concept and understanding of a dog is not your concept and understanding of a dog you know and, and, and we all look at things from our own viewpoints and so that helps with that another thing you can do is spell your name you know write your name out and um, then after your name spelled, <laughs> he's already got his teeth. <laughs> and you could say, you know, what's a strength that you have for every letter of that, you know, in your name? You know, let's go down. How does that strength look like? And then if they want to take that letter and kind of make something that stands for that strength, then you go down the whole, you know, rest of their name and, and try to, you know, look at a strength for that. If that's something that that client's working on. Or, you know, maybe a weakness. If it's somebody that's just clueless, you know, I'm getting trouble all the time. I don't know what's going on, you know, or what's a choice or behavior you make. Let's look at that. Is there some way to rethink that or resolve that? Um, another way too, and I, I put, that was 17. 18, I put, you can spell your name too. Um, so I kind of cheated with that one, but this time spell it and look at the creativity. You know, how did they make it? Did they make their name big? Did they make their name little? Did they elaborate, you know, and it helps to show you something about their identity and their ego strength and, um, you know, some of their self-esteem. If they're going to make a little teeny one and not even, you know, bother with it, sometimes they're not feeling so good about themselves. So that helps with that. Um, for 19, I put, you can actually sculpt a scenario, you know, if there's something you're working on, you know, well, every time I go to school, I get bullied or every time i go to, to my mother-in-law's house there she is you know she's fussing at me and she's doing this you know or whatever you can actually sculpt things out you know and, and they're 3d and so you can move them you can change them you can look at them from different viewpoints you know and different things like that and so you can actually do that and it, it just helps um it helps also to explore 
of maybe irrational thinking that people might be having about that. You know, they might say, well, here's my mother-in-law and here's me. You know, wouldn't that be cool if they actually made it big and then them little? <laughs> we can work with that. <laughs> you know, hey, do you think that's true? <laughs> but it shows. And, and they will do that. You know, they will. I've had kids do that. You know, they, they'll do themselves and then, you know, everybody else is bigger or different things. And so it's kind of neat to see how they do that and know that you can actually feel it. Um, I just watched a uh, training from Dr. It's A-M-E-N, Amen, Amen. Have you all watched anything from him? Or he's the, a good um, neuro He does a lot of the imaging of brains and he'll say, this is what a depressed brain and this is what, and then he works on the neurophysiobiological, <laughs> psychological kind of stuff. But he's a He's an expert in all that, but he said if you can, the more senses you can use, which I know on that at different things too with mindfulness and everything, but he said it actually starts to make a bigger change in how your brain, electrical conductivity and everything in your brain. You know, he said if you can, um, if something's really bothering you and you can actually um, use all of your senses to describe it or whatever, then it, it helps you to process that and see where it's, um, stored in your brain and it helps to change those connections and he said the more you can use and so definitely you know play-doh we can feel it i can smell it i can see it you know i can i don't know what it no nah, it's not talking to me <laughs> show up play and talk to me <laughs> but you can do different things like that and i know um it's just a part but one of the things he said i thought was so cool he said to help ourselves feel better and he was saying especially during the coronavirus time and everybody's stuck home and you might be feeling depressed and down at that. He said to write down five happy memories. He said, write them down, five happy memories. And then he said, go to a place in your home. So it might be, I remember making cookies with my grandma, you know? And he goes, you go to that place and you sit in that place in your home and you remember what did it smell like? What did it look like? What did grandma say? What did I say? What did, you know, or whatever, where you can say, why? Well, I remember when I won, when I made that that score and touchdown in football, and it my first you know football touchdown made me feel so good. Well, you can sit somewhere and remember this is what it felt like, and everybody was cheering. And, you know, match your chair where you were sitting, and he said then as you walk through your home on a typical day, you're gonna remember your brain is gonna remember that, and it's gonna fire happy memories and feelings of you know peace and joy. And he said it's just gonna trigger. They're just gonna go off as you walk through your home. I had never thought of that. I don't, you know, actually anchor them, anchoring those in your home. Cause he said, then you don't even have to think about them. Automatically your brain will feel better as you walk past that chair or when you're in the kitchen. I was like, huh, I guess it will though. I thought that was me and I'm sorry. I just, I just thought, whoa, I'm gonna tell everybody to do that. <laughs> but he said that was cool. Um, 20, I think we might've already kind of went back but like you can use it like dictionary and say guess what i'm making you know and you kind of start going can you guess can you guess you know and then they can make something and you can try to guess what they're making and so that's just a game that you can play with it it makes you feel better um and also like i was talking about i kind of cheated made this 21 i already linked this with somebody else but it's just it helps you to feel fun that need for fun that need to just be frivolous to do something because you don't even need to you know, I, and, and encourages people to do that, and it teaches them how to do that. 
some people don't understand being frivolous. You know, they don't understand, well, why would I do that? Well, what's the goal of that? What's the purpose? Just to do it, just to be, just to be in the minute, just to, you know, stay in the present. So Plato definitely anchors you right now to this moment in time and that, you know, when you're manipulating. So it helps us anchor to the present in that. Um, it also helps develop flexibility of thinking and empathy. Um, because if you both make an object or you can actually sculpt a concept and emotion, you know, if you're both doing that and you can tell them what you see, they can look at yours and they can tell you what they see, you know, and, and no, no, noticing that they're both different will can help with that flexibility of thinking. Oh, well, I guess it could be that way. Well, I guess you could see it that way. I don't know. I never saw it that way. And it's also neat too to, as you sculpt it, to look at it from the other side, you know, and, and, and I, sometimes it's not different, but sometimes it is. And it's like, oh, you know, maybe what I'm showing to the world isn't what I mean to show, you know, or what I think I'm showing to the world, I'm not actually showing that, you know. And so it's neat to get that idea of being more aware of how my actions, my words, how they affect other people, you know, and then how that happened. Um, Let's see. And oh, and another thing with flexibility of thinking, if you just kind of take your Play-Doh and just do something just weird and you just plop it down and then you say, what does this look like? What could this be? You know, and, and try to think of five things that this could be. And that really helps with the flexibility too. You know, well, I guess instead of, oh, it's a rock. Well, yeah, it's a rock. <laughs> and that's not a really good, what else could that be? I don't know. <laughs> It could be a doorstop, <laughs> it could be, I don't know, a cookie, uh, it probably could be a cookie or, a, you know, something. And, and so it just helps with their, when they're sitting and struggling. Some people cannot, if people are black and white, and that is it, it's a blob of Play-Doh. That's it, you know, and so, you know, as you go and say, okay, five, we're going to five. And then as you tell them, well, I think I could see that in that, and then they're, and then that helps you to model and it helps you to teach how to be creative, how to be flexible, how to look at something. It helps them to learn your process of what you go through this that. Um, 23 um, is, I put more, not only can you sculpt an emotion, but you can sculpt faces. You know, what does a happy face look like? What does a sad face look like? You know, and they can actually use it. You know, if you just, it's real easy to sculpt, you know, just a mouth. You know, it just takes a minute. Okay, if you want to say, that's a mouth. Well, how do you feel when somebody says that? <gasps> you know, if they don't want to say, well, how do you feel? How do you think that? What is that emotion? You know, what could that be? And then what other emotions could that be? That could be sad, but what else? Well, disappointed, yeah. You know, frustrated, you know. Um, you know, what other emotions so that you get them to label more of their emotions and get to explore that? And they can show that to you with no words. If it's somebody that doesn't feel like talking, you know, and say, well, gee, how do you think, you know, we can get, you know, this, how can we make this be this, <laughs> you know, in your day? What do you think is one thing that makes it a little bit happier? And so you can actually do that and then talk, well, how does your face? I know with kids, we do that a lot. How do you look when you're angry? You know, and they can sculpt it and then say, well, I wonder how your mouth looks when you're angry. How does your face look when you're angry? And then they can act that out and, and help them to understand emotion identification and how to control that. 
Um, 24. Come on, 24. I'm going to make it. <laughs> 24, there are actually the Play-Doh toys and the Play-Doh kits and the Play-Doh things you can buy. Have you all seen those? It, there's a little thing that punches it out and there's a little thing that makes different shapes. And so you can tell I was really scraping the bottom here. <laughs> there are, and you can play with different things like that with the kids. That's, I don't think that's gonna work with the adults, but they love that. They love to pull out, you know, the different things. Oh, and there's the one where you squeeze it and it comes out the hair. Have you all seen that? They love that. <laughs> then they can style the hair. And so that you can definitely do that. And the last one, number 25, is you can actually make a responsibility pie. Do you all use, I, this is something I've kind of learned new. Um, I saw it as a technique on a workshop and they called it a responsibility pie. And what they did was actually draw like the, the pie graph. And then they would tell when somebody would say, it's always my fault, it's all my fault. You know, and, and it's, it's neat to use a little bit when somebody's been abused. You know, because a lot of times they've been told, this is your fault. If you wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have had to hit you. You know, I wouldn't have had to done this. It's your fault. And so they'll come in and they'll say, well, it's my fault. I'm a bad person. You know, and so you actually draw the pie and we'll say, okay, this is a pie. What percent of this pie is actually your responsibility? You know, who hit you? Well, dad hit me. Well, then is that all? You think dad should take a little responsibility for hitting you? And they might say, well, this little sliver could be dad's, but then this could be, this is all my fault. You know, well, who else? How about mom? Was mom ever there? Did mom help you? Yeah, I guess mom gets a little piece, you know, and, it, and it's kind of neat. I had never seen that technique, but I thought that was cool, you know, and, and they had showed it and this person, you know, was feeling like it was all their fault. And as it went on, their responsibility got a little bit smaller. And yet, you know, they, you know, somebody and not abuse, but maybe with something else. That is my, I do have a part that I played in that. Well, let's look at your responsibility. How can we change that? You know, how do you, how do you, what can we learn from that? That's what I meant. And so it's neat to actually see that. So with the Play-Doh, you can actually make a pie and you can actually cut it, you know, and, and say, this is my, look, this is my responsibility part and this is yours, you know, and then you can actually, you know, say, well, let's see, do we need to reshape that? And they actually get to do this. You know, they actually get to feel empowered. I'm the one that's gonna reshape that. You know, I'm manipulating this. And now my part is only this big, you know, and, and because I'm, and it's like not a verbal thing. It's kind of a nonverbal that I'm, you know, I'm the one doing this. And, and it's like that, like I said, gives them some more empowerment and stuff. And that's 25 and that's all I got. <laughs>